You are listening to Booze, Bullshit, and True Crime. I'm Bree. I'm Wade. And we're going to talk about some gnarly shit, I think. I didn't do the notes this week. Hey. Hey. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. This is that recap about the Alder 8 from, what, two episodes ago? When we talked about... Cannabis uh, crimes. Cannabis crimes, yeah. So this is the case that I was talking about. How there was in a group of eight guys that were vigilant... Vigi... Wow. Vigilantes. Vigilantes, thank you. And that they took justice into their own hands. But real quick. Okay. Before we start. Well, do you have a name that you want for this? I was just going to call it the Alder 8. Okay, I'm down with that. Yeah. And. Or Alder Point 8, sorry. That's the actual name of it, It right? is, yeah. Well, we got promotions. Yes, yes we did. Yeah, happy dance. You can't see me, but I'm happy dancing. She's laying in bed. She's not dancing. She's... I'm happy dancing with my arms. Uh, there you go. That works. That <laughs> is what she is doing. Happy arm um, dance. Oh, yeah. So we're going to be closer to home, which is good-ish. <laughs> two hours closer to home, but yeah. Hey, that's better than four and a half. Now we're two and a half progress. Well, True. I'm two and a half. You're like a, a little over three. No. Two. No, you're closer home? Two and a half. Bish. Yep. Well. Still good. I have to stay out four and a half hours away still for this week and help finish up the training that I was doing, and then I'll be out there. And she gets a dope-ass hotel room all by herself with the pig, so. Yeah, I do. She's not going to be, it, it's not going to be that bad. I'm not that sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, I will miss you, but it won't be too bad for just a week. I don't mind that. No, it'll be fine. But we're in separate divisions, so now we're never going to work together, which is shitty. Yeah, for a while, until it opens up. We'll see. I just thought that was exciting. I think that's the only thing that has happened this week. No, James Fink and Madison. <gasps> oh, duh. I'm still hungover from their wedding. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> they just got married yesterday. Congratulations to them. Congrats, guys. It was so beautiful. I was ugly amazing. cried so much. I did, too. I'll be honest. And they had an open bar. Yeah. Yeah, they had an open bar. I got quite intoxicated. I guess the whole Thanks, bar Fink. wasn't open, but plenty of free booze. And then I was over there buying shots of Jack Daniels on top of the champagne and wine and mojitos and beer that <laughs> yep. I was drinking. So that was good. It was fun. I had a good time. And then we woke, or I woke up at like 5.45 in the morning, because that's close to when I generally w- wake up for work. Because we went to bed pretty early, because their ceremony was... You know, earlier on in the day, and I was just like, I'm ready. Let's go. And he woke up, and we rolled out of there before anybody was even awake. Yeah, we did. So sorry, James and Madison. I love you, and it was beautiful. I was just so hungover. True. (laughs) All right, so back to my case. Sorry. Or my story that I wanted to talk about. It's a case, right? It's a case. Yeah, it is. Well, it's multiple cases. There's more than one. Oh. Yeah, there's a handful. Look at so, you. Uh, where we left off last week was we talking about Garrett Rodriguez and his family, how they hired a private investigator because Humboldt County Sheriff's officers weren't really, you know, they, they didn't really have a lot of interest in 
the case of Garrett because they had multiple or, you know, they had a lot more missing people cases and, and there's no leads to him and stuff like that. Just to circle back around in case any of you forgot, Garrett was the kid who went out there to start working for the, you know, big grow operation that was in the area. And then he, what was it, a suicide they were trying to say? That's what happened? No, they didn't say anything at all. They just simply just put it off as he wasn't missing. So there wasn't even a missing person case? No, there was, sorry, not not that he wasn't missing, that he was a missing person case. So it wasn't really like they were... Not a murder investigation. Exactly, yeah. Okay. That well, There was no evidence of foul play when they found his truck and stuff like that, so he was just filed as a missing person, sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah, so the story starts with... Uh, Neighbors in a nearby town of Alder Point. And it was really Neil Decker, uh, Scott Johnson, and Bob Holtzclaw. What? And John Riley. I'm pretty sure that's Holtzclaw. Holtzclaw. That sounds like a Harry Potter house. Plus, there's a few other guys that weren't identified. They were wearing masks and stuff for what what reports that I was reading. So these guys, they were, you know, they the whole neighborhood, really, all the neighbors were talking. They were growing frustrated with Garrett's case, and they pretty much formed a posse, which is known now as the Alder Point Eight, hoping to find answers on their own. The group drove up to the to who they suspected to be the murder of Garrett and confronted him. And the group actually had tied up two of a. Uh, or sorry, the suspect's name was Quentin Long or Ling Ling Ling. The guys who house they went to did. Yeah, the okay. sus the people that the Alder Eight suspected, or the person that the Alder Eight suspected was Quentin. Okay. Who killed Garrett Rodriguez? Leenig, maybe. Ling, Quentin Ling, I think. I don't know. L E N I G. Yeah. So the group of men actually had a uh, two of Quentin's friends tied up to a tree while they shot and interrogated him. So that they would take, or so that Quentin would take him to Rodriguez's body. Where'd they shoot him? Neil shot Quentin twice, once in the leg and once in the arm, and then Bob Holtzclaw pistol whipped him. Ooh, ouch! Yeah. So uh, once Quentin directed the group of men to Garrett's body, which he, <gasps> he did. He did. Yeah, he drove, or he drove. You know, they all piled in, piled in one truck and drove, or I, I think Neil drove. While Quentin directed them to a uh, property that was like 12 miles away from where Garrett was working. Question. Do you know how long it took them to make him do that? No. It was all on Thanksgiving night. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they actually, you know, once they got Garrett's body and all that, they dropped Quentin off at the hospital and then one of the men made an anonymous tip to the sheriff's department, who later confirmed in December of 2013 that the body was Garrett's. Wow. He was shot to death and buried in a shallow grave in an area of Humboldt County, not far from where he was reportedly working. And that's according to the family. Yeah. So John uh, Rayleigh actually called in to... Um, the private investigator that was hired by Garrett's family yeah, called in to them just so he could kind of like clear his name that, you know, he wasn't part of the Alder 8. He just saw a bunch of vehicles driving by his house and thought it was weird and odd. So he followed the cars up to Quentin's house and 
you know, he pretty much just wanted to find out where Garrett's body was, and, you know, he didn't shoot anybody, he didn't beat anybody up. That's and, super convenient. But okay. he did say that Quentin did confess to shooting Garrett, and he did direct them to Garrett's body. Okay. But when Quentin was in the hospital, because he got dropped up at the hospital... The police really didn't ask him anything about Garrett's body. They asked him about why he got these injuries and how these injuries happened and shit like that. Why? Because he was shot and pistol whipped, which are evidence, you know what I mean? And they hadn't placed Garrett's body to Quentin just yet. You know, the police officer reported to the hospital because there's a victim, a gunshot victim. Okay. And you know, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. there's no arrests made for Garrett's case, even though John Rayleigh called in and said that Quentin, you know, confessed. He, I was there. I'm a witness they to it. They have to fact check it. Exactly. Though. Okay. So, uh, that was the f- most fucked up part that I kind of was confused about why the police still didn't make an arrest but in a sense it does if that guy was just calling though to be an asshole because he had some kind of vendetta against this dude you can't just go arresting people and i didn't find anything out about neil decker getting in trouble because he did shoot him and bob holt claw pistol whipped quitting how big is this town it's not very big i don't think they got in trouble I don't think they did either, but this if is If someone where... in my town can only do three months of prison for running over someone and continuing on while super yeah. drunk... But I'm also kind of second-guessing if Quentin actually did it. Get what I'm saying? Like, the whole neighborhood was getting all this heat about fucking Garrett's body and... So they never investigated it? I'm confused. They did investigate it, yes, but there's okay. nothing happened. Oh... Exactly. So how the fuck Just let me continue because fucking shit happens. And then there's not going to be really an investigation because a bunch of shit happens. Watch. Shit, huh? Because Matt Brown, this dude in the reports, comes fucking out of nowhere. So remember, Garrett's body was declared, or Garrett's body, you know, was found and, you know, know, whatever you want to call it, not declared dead, but... Declared a homicide from a missing person in December. So July 18th, Neil Decker got into a conflict with a gentleman named Matt. Matt ended up shooting Neil Decker at Scott Johnson's house. And of course, Fleece. The weird part is, is this Matt doesn't come into the picture until well after Thanksgiving night. And after... uh, What's his face? Garrett's body was found. So he just kind of like spontaneously appears. Uh huh. And then just shoots Neil in the chest over a conflict they had a fight over. That seems convenient too. What the fuck? Right. And then chest. Ooh, owie. Yep. Fuck. And the weird, the weird thing that kind of hit me was I looked into Matt's, uh, Matt Brown's like court text stuff, like the court case. He actually mentions that Quentin. The guy that was allegedly, the you know the alleged killer of Garrett Rodriguez, he recalls seeing Quentin blindfolded with Neil and Bob. 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 Uh, Bob. Uh, uh, oh, okay. I yeah. was so focused on the Holtzclaw part. I think I missed that his first name was Bob. Yeah, it was really Robert. <laughs> okay. And uh, 
that like I didn't find anything that overlapped the Thanksgiving night incidents and Matt Brown's story with you know Neil Decker. I so d- the other thing too was was why was why would Neil and Bob blindfold a guy that was supposedly directing them to the body of Garrett? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Exactly, but if also why the fuck does Matt have recollect rec- whatever the fuck that word is? Why does he remember this recollection? Whole recollection, thank you, of this incident if he popped up after Thanksgiving night because he obviously wasn't there, or was he there? And these people aren't part of like a cartel, right? They just grow lots yeah. of weed. That's and, all. No, uh, Scott Johnson actually is the only one that grows weed. So I wasn't gonna put this in, but I'll mention it, and now we'll probably have to do another case. I mean, we're only at 12 minutes, and you only have two pages of notes to talk okay, away. Okay, that's true. Um, <laughs> so, Scott Johnson, back in the day, grew a bunch of pot. He still kind of grew pot. His buddy, was, or his best friend, was Clark uh, Stevenson. Oh. And, <laughs> and do you remember a Michael Bear Carson and Susan Barn Carson? Who committed some crazy murders in, like, I think it was like 81 to 83 in Humboldt and San Francisco? Not right off the top of my head, no. So this couple, Michael, which his name was actually James or Jeffrey. I think it was Jeff, James. James something. James Carson. You are moving that microphone okay. all around. We're okay. literally lounging in bed right now. Anyways, uh... God damn it, now I lost my fucking train of thought. It was the two people in the Bay Area killing people that you said were related. They were in, they fucking ran away because they killed somebody. They ran off to Oregon and fucking moved back to to Humboldt County and were working on Scott's fucking farm. Scott's best friend was Clark. Michael got into a conflict with Clark, shot Clark, killed Clark on Scott's property. Went to go ahead and burn his body to get rid of the evidence. Somebody reported him, so then Michael and them ran away again. What do you mean somebody reported him? Somebody saw him dragging a corpse out to a burn pile? I don't fucking know how they got caught, because they told you I wasn't really looking into this case. Crazy. Okay. But that was just a backstory of Scott Johnson. So Uh, Scott Johnson's crazy. Yeah. Yep. And not part of the cartel. Scott Johnson is the widest name I've ever heard in my entire life. So Scott Johnson... And the Alder Point Eight story, we're getting so far out of there. We're way, we're all over the place. You need more notes. Uh, okay, I need more <laughs> notes. I guess. I'm sorry, I don't do twenty pages of fucking notes. Hey, it fills up an hour, don't it? It sure, it sure does fill up an hour, doesn't it? But we're not even like too far through this yet. So, anyways, you, 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 you distract me too much. Yep. Hi. Oh, hey. Yeah, stop. <laughs> yeah, stop. Um, Scott's death was on uh, July 21st. It was actually four days after Matt killed Neil. Okay. And it's incredibly fishy as well. So he was found dead in the middle of the road. What? Mm-hmm. That's two, day, that's two Alder Point people dying within days of each other. Oh, Yeah. Literally two, three days apart, four days apart. That's a trip. Okay. Yeah. Supposedly, Jubal Hall, Jubilo Hall. That is not a real name. Where? I don't think that's a real name either. Where? Accidentally shot Scott Johnson, mistaking him for Matt Brown. Jubal Hall, yeah. Jubal Hall. Jubal. S- 
So he accidentally shot Scott because he mistaked him for Matt Brown. How is that a good excuse? I, I don't even think that's a excuse. That sucks. That's a <laughs> horrible excuse. Yeah. And Lie better. Yeah, exactly. So Scott's girlfriend actually put an award out for the weapon that killed Scott. And eventually, it actually gets turned in, but it's not used as evidence, and the case goes cold. Why is it not used as evidence? Ah, check this out. Later, that same exact weapon somehow ended up in the possession of Zach Harrison, who killed Bob Holtzclaw. Then that's the third person now. That's the second person killed with the same weapon, and that's the third, third Alder 8, Alder 8 person. person. And how long but after that? No, Bob, Bob, was, Bob died like two years later. Still. Got killed two years later. Still. Yeah. Fuck. Sev- or it was several years. I think it was like three years later. Because Zach Harrison is still going to court to this day. I think November 7th is his like trial date. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and they're charging him with first degree murder with special weapons charges too. Special? What, what exactly I mean, does that mean? He killed somebody with a gun. How is that a special weapon charge? Isn't that they're just, just a adding weapon a charge? Char- they're just adding another charge to first-degree murder. Oh, I thought you were so saying special... the weapon itself was special. Like no, meaning that you're shit. getting charged with first-degree murder, but they're tacking on some more years because he used a wep- special weapon charge. So you get less time if you kill somebody with your bare hands? Oh, fucking no. But they're trying to just max this dude out with fucking a shit ton of time. Right. Plus he ran like crazy. And uh, the whole Alder Point 8 is, there's actually a really good documentary on Netflix, and I talked about this when we did the Cannabis Crimes too. It's called Murder Mountain. It's on Netflix. And it talks about the Garrett case as well as the Alder 8. It's more or less directed towards Garrett's case, but there's a lot of shit that was missing from that documentary, like the two individuals being tied up in quentin's front yard when he was getting interrogated and shot and shit like that that wasn't said in there and a bunch of other crap about like the humboldt county sheriff's officers and stuff like that they really weren't as invested as the documentary kind of once puts made them look it didn't seem like they really give a fuck they really didn't and it yeah it that documentary is really good it was awesome i liked watching it and i watched it again i did watch it again because i did this case <laughs> didn't our vpm recommend that no me and her us? talked about it oh yeah hi joanne hi joanne if you you're probably listening don't listen but hi so there's another part to this i'm going to go into zach harrison's case now and he talks there he's the one that killed bob holtzclaw which, which is, is the robert last holtzclaw. guy to die from the older okay exactly so Zach ended up shooting Bob Holtzclaw and then going on the run for months before being captured. Damn, that's tough. This fool, like, stripped naked and jumped in the river to escape cap- capture. That's kind of badass. Like, this dude Why? Why did you have crazy. to get naked, though? I don't fucking know why. Oh, maybe the scent. I don't know. That's weird. So, uh, I, I did some research into Zach, and it really wasn't hard. There's, like, a lot of Reddit material and, like, blog material on this fool. So I kind of got, like, a really good timeline from a bunch of different bloggers. So thank you, whoever you people are out there. But good job. (laughs) Uh, Zach Harrison and his family actually have a very big history. And let me get rid of this little pop-up that came up, and I'll go into it. We really need a new laptop. Oh, yeah, big time. It is excessive. Yeah. 
So, uh, in Humboldt County, his brother, Chris Harrison, which is brother Zach Harrison, is involved in the disappearance of Bobby Tinson in 2009. Bobby Tinson headed to Alder Point in 2009 with two people to sell a motorcycle to none other than Zach Harrison. What kind of motorcycle, though? I don't fucking know. God damn it. One of the witnesses said Chris and Zach, or Chris Harrison, Zach's brother, was the last person to see Bobby Tinson before his disappearance. Bobby. Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. So, uh... Uh, Zach went on the run for shooting Bob in September 2017. In October 2017, just one month later, his brother Chris committed suicide. Chris left a note confessing his, or confessing that he had killed Bobby, oh. which was kept as evidence by investigators. Shit. The Harrison family mother, Allison, actually went missing and was later found dead by the river in 2003. <gasps> It was uh, undetermined how she died. The father, James, was involved in a brutal dispute Wait. that ended up with him killing a man. Some speculate the man that he killed was related to Jabal Hall. The man that... Jabal Hall? Jabal Hall, the man that... So the ladies, the like... Um, oh, God damn it, what's the word I'm looking for? The cause of death... With the lady found at the river, she had, like, no injuries and nothing in her toxicology uh, report showed up? She no, just was she dead. went, yeah, and this was in 2003, so this is before even uh, Bobby Tinson was killed or disappeared. So, they're pretty much saying that, Har like, Harrison family is crazy and, you know, they have a history of killing people, obviously. In 2003, the mom went missing and then was found dead later. The dad was in a dispute and ended up killing somebody. Zach killed Bob, and Bobby killed himself after killing... Or not Bobby, sorry. Uh, Chris, Zach's brother, killed himself after killing. What the <coughs> fuck? That's really weird. It was crazy, right? And I don't mean to jump to this, but, like, have you heard of homes that have, like, demonic energy in them or whatever, and it starts to manipulate the people that live in the houses, like emotions and either makes them super depressed or like super angry and do shit that they generally wouldn't do i just think these people are living on a mountain that was called murder mountain and they thought that they get away with shit because the cops never came by and that was one of the big things too in uh, uh neil deckert's case and why matt brown was saying he was so afraid of neil because he was a big bully and he told uh map before that the law doesn't come up here and you know it's a lawless town and you know we handle our shit or you know we handle all of our problems in-house and shit like that it's little washington yeah yeah it's a little lawless town up in the hills and according to a lot of the people like the older cats back in the 70s it was just a bunch of hippies that fucking wanted to get the fuck off the grid and grow a bunch of marijuana and be by themselves and have a commune and now it's like you got the black market growers and you got the legal growers and they're always fighting each other and there's why? crime happening and all that shit. Like, I mean, why, there's though? the cartel is big up there too. I don't know why. Oh, okay, so the cartel is up there. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't seem like a place where they would be. They just like to be assholes and grow on forest service land generally. 
cartels everywhere. The cartel would literally fly drones over people's places and find out if you're growing pot and then go in there and hold you for fucking ransom or not right. necessarily ransom, but you know, right at the end of the season when you're going to be pulling your whole crop and you're going to have all this weed, they're either going to take the weed or they're going to go after you for the money. Jesus. Yeah. They're going to make you do the work and then they're going to fucking charge you for... And you're already growing illegally probably. Even if you have a permit, you have way more than you're supposed to, so it's not like you can tell the cops. Fuck it, exactly. I tell the cops. That's what happened in uh, North San Juan. Oh, that's right by where we work, by the way. And we've been warned about this place, but proceed. Yeah, North San Juan, some guy was growing marijuana and the cartel fucking had been watching him and noticed that all of his crop was gone, so they came in and literally tied him up and beat him up for days. and Days. Kept asking him where the pot was or where the money was, and all of a sudden, I guess the guy's friend noticed that the dude wasn't around for a couple of days, so went by the house and noticed that he was all tied up and scared the cartel off, and How it was all this crazy the shit. Cartel and the off, guy, I guess, held way. off and didn't tell him, you know, told him where some of the weed was, but not everything, and I guess he had sold some of it already, so he didn't, you know, they didn't get anything, but at the same time, it's, okay, it was like a big-ass story. I haven't looked it up or anything, but. I've heard, heard multiple from, people talk about it. Yeah, quite a few people have told us that story. And we've been warned about, like, going to work up there that it is frightening and not the safest place in the entire world. And it was the same thing. They said that, like, it was a bunch of hippies. At least all the homeowners we talked to said it used to just be a bunch of hippies growing pot, and now the cartel is mixing and... Just like everywhere else. It's such a small, little, sleepy area, though. It's so weird to think about that that actually happened. Like, the biggest thing in that area is that fucking Chuck Yeager that broke the sound barrier with his airplane. Was he in his airplane? Well, okay, with an airplane. Excuse me. And that shit's going on. That's That's about it. That's all it is. It's just... Small little mom and pop grows are now getting attacked by cartel folks. It's like fucking a TV show. What di- was it ever determined what Garrett did to piss them off so bad? No, it was just Garrett wanted out. He didn't want to be part of it anymore, and he had invested money, and he wanted his money back. Oh, and that's right. Yeah. Okay. And that when he asked for it back, they got into a dispute and quit and just shot him and killed him, and they buried him. Over how much money? Like ten thousand dollars. That's or something in like that. retrospect. That is not that much money. It's really not not enough. To, not. I it's mean, never enough to kill anybody. No. But still, that's like a small. It's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it sounds like this Quentin dude is a piece of shit. Pos. Yeah. And since this, like his family, like his mom, was getting a bunch of like. Well, since Netflix documentary. His mom and family members are getting a bunch of, like, hate mail on Facebook and shit like that to where she changed her Facebook name from, like, I don't even know what her real, I don't remember what her name was, but from her maiden name to, or from her married name to her maiden name. Okay. I mean, yeah, I can see why she would do that. Yeah. But But there was no arrests made and, you know. Another question, are do you think that it's more so that the cops just don't want to get involved or do you think the cops are like actively assisting in some of this shit? I don't know. There's no real evidence that Quentin did it though. Except for that. Why do you John know where Rayleigh, the fuck the body was? But who who 
Quentin wasn't at the fucking crime or at the where Garrett was found. He was at the hospital. The only person that could put him at the at the grave is John Rayleigh. Hmm. And that's just hearsay. There's no actual evidence because when they found Garrett's truck, there is no evidence of foul play or anything like that. And then yeah, when they you know John Riley was saying that he was shot and you know this that and other thing, and when the police found Garrett's body, he was shot and in a shallow grave, like everything John Riley said. But again, there is an anonymous phone call, so you can't place John Riley making that phone call because who knows if John Riley actually made that phone call or if it was the owner of the parcel. Oh my God, parcel! Yeah. <laughs> the property. Uh, property. That's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. All over some marijuana. Yeah. And there's... To date... It, it's not about the marijuana. It's no, about it's the money. It is. To date, there's no arrests made in the Garrett ca- in Garrett Rodriguez's case. Matthew Brown was convicted of second-degree murder of uh, Neil Decker. And there's still no arrests made in the shooting of Scott Johnson. And Zach Harrison has a trial date of November 7th, 2019 for first-degree murder with special weapon charges. <laughs> that special weapon charge. That special weapon charge. That is horrific. It's, yeah, it's pretty bad. Wow. Well, yep. that's your case? That's my mini-sode case. I, I, it is a mini-sode. I did want to bring up case. really quick, because we have a little bit of time. We'll just do a quick episode this week. Um, so, there is a dude that was arrested for a Visalia murder that happened a number of years ago. And the murder was, like, extra horrific. The young woman who was murdered was sexually assaulted, and the crime scene that he left behind was horrible. I'm not going to get into it, but he, like, positioned her body. It was horrific. And her father, the young woman's father, is the one who walked in and found this murder victim. So just, like, the entire situation was super fucked. And now, I think DNA evidence it was linked this fucking dude that my cousin-in-law, I guess, but cousin, Carissa Powell, um, she worked with him at Panera. He was a Panera bed, Panera Bread employee. And I guess they transferred him to the Clovis location at one point. So Carissa worked with him. And I saw that she had shared the article, so I read the article about him, and then I looked through her comments on the post because I was super interested. And she, ever like, it seemed as though her coworkers that she had there were commenting as well, and they were saying, like, you know, he was a quiet dude but seemed nice enough and blah, 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 and just the fact that, like, she literally was working with a murderer. A sexual deviant. That's crazy. Yes. That's nuts. Exactly. I read that and I was like, oh, shit. That's crazy. It made my true crime heart, like, explode, though. I got super excited. I'm not going to lie. That's good. Well, guys, I guess we're going to let you go here. Just like I always say with my spiel, send me emails. Send me personal stories, anything you'd like to say on the show, words of advice. Any changes that you'd like to see or hear? Any cases that you'd like done or themes that you'd like us to do? Anything. Communicate with us. Send us an email. Booze, BS, and true crime at gmail.com. Again, that's booze, BS, and true crime at gmail.com. We have a Facebook, even though... It doesn't work. Facebook doesn't like bullshit as a word, I guess. 
well, because people- they're bullshit. Fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, you sucker. You sucker burger. I think more of it is that people are reporting our shit. Probably, because it's so sensitive out there. I really don't post anything that bad. You guys it's really not. fucking Pussies. suck whoever is doing that. You're weak. Weak. Shit's weak. Mom's a hoe. Your mom is a fucking hoe. Um, but we do have a Facebook. I post as much as I can on there. It is very regulated, and I can't use much of it. But booze, bullshit, and true crime on Facebook. Booze, bullshit, and true crime. Also on Instagram. We can post whatever the fuck we want on Instagram for whatever reason. They like us there. Um, Same name on Instagram. Booze, bullshit, and true crime. And I feel like I'm forgetting something else that I wanted to touch on, but I can't think about it. We have had a few people. (coughs) Excuse me post on our Facebook, which I was able to see it right when it happened, and I was going to write your guys' names down so I could say your names, but then Facebook took it away from me. I don't know if they deleted your posts or what happened. Made me so happy. I'm sure it's on the Facebook somewhere. I just can't, like, I literally can't use the home feature. I see your notifications when you pop up, though. So I saw you ladies that commented and gave reviews. We appreciate it very dearly. You guys were so sweet. You said that you loved us. We love you guys. I think that was Christine. I, I think the name was, was Christine. C, yeah, I think for it was sure, Christine. Christine, Christine, awesome. Thank you. Love you. Seriously, it made my entire day. I screenshot it and I sent it to Wade, and I was like, "Look, people do like us. Christine likes us." And I asked her, I was like, "Who's Christine?" She was like, "I don't know." And I was like, "Oh, fuck yeah, a real stranger." I was curious, so I clicked on Christine's profile, and she's from, like, Indiana or something, and we're in Cali, so I was like, fuck yeah, I definitely don't know her. She likes us just for our podcast. Amazing. Is that it? Uh, yeah. There's, like, five things that popped up while you were talking, but I didn't want to interrupt you, and now I don't remember them. You don't remember any of them? Nope. Really? Yeah. I suck, I know. Okay. And... That is it for our mini-so. Thank you. (laughs) Bye, bitches. (laughs) Bye.